Hello everybody, this is Jake McGrail of CITR Sports Broadcasting from UBC's Point Grey campus located on the unceded grounds of the Musqueam people. You're listening to Thunderbird Eye on CITR 101.9. Always keep you up to date with the latest UBC Thunderbirds news and stories. We have a very fun interview for you all this week as Mike Liu sat down with the president of the UBC Dance Club, Juliana Chow. They discuss the structure of the club in all of its events, how they find a fit for people of all skill levels, and how she has taken the task of running such a social group from a social distance. Elsewhere, we have news from the UBC Aquatic Center and our recent Thunderbird draft picks, while the whole UBC community mourns the loss of one of the biggest figures in school athletic history. But first, here is Mike's interview with Juliana Chow. You're listening to Thunderbird Eye on CITR 101.9 FM, covering all the sports and rec on campus that you can handle. My name is Michael Liu, and I'm delighted to have a very special guest on today's feature interview. You could probably catch her in one of the nest's many ballrooms, but for now, she's with uh, she's here with me on Zoom. It's the one, it's the only, president of UBC Dance Club, Juliana Chow. Pleasure to have you here. Hi, Mike. Thanks so much for having me. I'm very excited to be here. <laughs> That's awesome. Julie, um, if, you, if, uh, uh, if we may, can we get a short introduction about yourself? Yeah, for sure. Hello, everybody. Uh, my name is Juliana Chow. I am the president of UBC Dance Club for this year. Um, I started ballroom dancing about two years ago. Um, I did it actually a little bit when I was like five or six, and then for a couple months when I was in grade nine. Um, but really, I started getting into ballroom dancing um, in my second year of university, and I got involved with uh, the UBC Dance Club exec team, and I've really had a blast dancing and meeting so many friends since then, so it's been a really great journey, and I'm very excited and very honored to be able to be the president of the club that I love so much. That's awesome. Uh, again, thanks for taking the time to chat with me today. Now, let's get down to business. Uh, can you tell me a bit about the UBC Dance Club? Um, the history, AMS status, whatnot? Yeah, for sure. So the UBC Dance Club, um, we teach ballroom dancing, international style ballroom dance. So it includes 10 different dance styles, which are split into Latin, which is kind of like the spicier, more sexy type of dance. So it's cha-cha, jive, rumba, um, and um, some other dances as well. And then the standard dances, which are the very classical ballroom, where you get the big fluffy dresses, waltz, um, tango, um, Viennese waltz, quick step, um, among others. So that's basically what our club teaches. Um, you can think of it a little bit like Dancing with the Stars if you've seen that TV show. That's pretty much what we do. Um, and our club has actually been running at UBC since 1949. So we are the oldest dance club on campus. <laughs> Hence probably why our name is UBC Dance Club instead of UBC Ballroom Dance Club. Um, we're the OGs here, I guess you could say. So yeah, our club was founded in 1949 and we've been going ever since. Um, we have professional instructors who come teach our classes. Um, they're world-renowned teachers um, and they all have like their own companies and uh, teach here in Vancouver. Um, so it's very exciting to have them with us. And actually a lot of our teachers are past alumni of our club. So Two of our current instructors actually were past presidents of UBC Dance Club. So that's pretty, pretty cool, I gotta say. But yeah, so we teach weekly classes um, in a non-COVID year, of course. 
um, taught by our professional instructors. And we also do a bunch of different social events throughout the year. Um, and we kind of do a good blend, in my opinion, of mixing dance and getting people into ballroom dance for the first time alongside the social aspect of it. Um, and it makes a really good combo for students, especially um, trying to get into dance and meet new people. That's awesome. Well, I mean, it shows that the club has a pretty rich history when especially you get your alumni back teaching you. They're all professionals as well. It's really yeah. cool. Um, can I ask specifically, just in case um, we have any listeners who aren't quite familiar with it, could I ask what is ballroom, ballroom dancing? Yeah, so ballroom dancing um, is basically partner dancing. Um, uh, usually they have a lead and a follow and you'll basically, um, I guess you could do just classes in general and learn how to dance, but a lot of people also choose to compete, um, whether it's locally in the different ballroom dance competitions that are here, or if you're really good, you can go national, you can go international and compete. Um, but basically, yeah, you're dancing with a partner um, and you can do both the Latin style and the standard. You can pick one or the other. Um, and really, you're just learning how to do these different styles of dance. And it's very, very fun um, getting to connect with somebody else in that more, I guess, sort of an intimate way, whether it's, you know, friendship, intimate way or, you know, whatever. But I think it's really fun to just get to learn how to do multiple styles of dance and you can really do these dances to pop music too. So that's pretty exciting, I think. Oh, I actually did not know that at all. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's not just all the old classical or whatnot. Yeah, that's yeah definitely not. <laughs> <laughs> um, so what, what does a normal calendar year look like for you? Like you mentioned it, how you have weekly lessons, but if you could go a bit more in depth in that. Yeah, for sure. So usually um, when our new exec team gets elected, they'll start in the spring and the summer. Um, and one of the first events that we'll usually run is something we call Spring Palooza. So it's sort of our first um, welcome to the new exec team, uh, social dance type of fun event. They give it a different theme every year. Like the last one we held was um, Alice in Wonderland themed. So we had themed decorations, costumes, we did um, themed food. Um, and of course we did lots of social dancing. So social dancing is basically just hit that shuffle button on the playlist and we'll <laughs> throw in all the different dance styles. And it's really casual, fun way to practice your dance moves, uh, dance with all your different friends um, and really a good way to just let loose and have some fun. So that's usually our first event, Spring of Palooza, happens in the end of April. Um, and then throughout the summer, we will usually run some type of summer dance classes as well. So again, our professional instructors will come in and we'll teach for about eight weeks or so. Um, and it's a good way for people to start with our club if they've just heard about us um, or a good way for our existing members to keep dancing with us throughout the summer. And usually after that, it'll lead into what we call Robson Square Summer Dance Series. So Robson Square Summer Dance Series is um, hosted downtown in the big Robson Square skating rink. And it's every summer and they, I think, how many weeks is it? Maybe eight to 10 different weeks. And on one of the Fridays or Saturday nights, they'll contact a different dance organization to host their special Robson Square night. So basically <laughs> um, we've been contacted by Robson Square for several years now, and we'll go to the big ice rink downtown and 
all these people from downtown Vancouver, whoever's been hearing about it, they'll all gather in that um, ice rink and we'll host a big free dance lesson um, for everybody who's there. And we'll do a bunch of showcase performances from our current execs. Um, we have couples who are alumni from our club, um, different professionals who wanna demo as well. So that's a very, very exciting event for us. Um, usually the whole evening kind of thing. Um, and then after that, we'll move into the fall, so the school year. Um, of course, we do, you know, the clubs week, we do Imagine Day, um, stuff like that. And then our one of our big flagship events for our club is something we call Team Match. So Ooh. Team Match is a, I guess you could say it's like a dance skit competition that our club puts on. So all the members who want to participate they'll sign up and then we'll give each team about three weeks to create their own performance according to the year's theme, uh, make all the costumes, do all the choreography and music for it. And then we'll have a, an entire day event where each of the teams can showcase their performance. Um, and we also tend to do something we call a mini competition. So um, usually people have been taking our classes for the last couple of weeks and they get to show off what they learned in classes Ooh. so far. <laughs> yeah, sort of like a nice way to say, hey, think about competing uh, in the spring, perhaps. But um, yeah, our team match is really, really fun way to get new members, you know, meeting new friends in the club, engaged. Um, last year, our event theme was cartoons. So we had mm. Hercules team, they did the Hercules uh, music from the Disney movie. Um, we had a cartoon mashup team. So it gets very creative um, and it's a great <laughs> way to just throw everything in there. It's not just ballroom either. We do ballroom, you can do some hip hop. We did Bollywood last year. <laughs> like, oh, wow. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it really, it's really a smorgasbord of any type of dance, um, anything you wanna do. So it's very creative. Um, everybody can really on the team throw their own flavor into it, which is really, um, really exciting, I think, really engaging for everybody. Um, and then after that, in November, we usually have um, our holiday ball. So you can call it our holiday semi-formal for the winter. Um, we tend to mix kind of like a dinner dance type of thing. So last year we held it at Highcroft Manor. Um, we had beautiful uh, Christmas and holiday decorations. We got the event catered and then we had a huge ballroom floor for dancing and socializing and we do photo booths. Um, I think last year, all the girls dressed up really fancy. So they had a hard time dancing in their dresses, but <laughs> it was really fun. It was um, a really good way to see everybody, you know, outside of their regular street clothes and dance clothes. Yeah, so we love doing that. Um, and then I'd say our big event for term two is uh, what we call the annual UBC Gala Ball. So it's basically um, the ballroom dance competition that our club hosts and puts on every year. Um, we've been doing it for many, many years now. Um, <laughs> actually, this past uh, year, the 2020 year, it would have been the 50th anniversary of our oh, competition. Man. Yeah. Yeah. So it was unfortunate that COVID hit because we had done all the preparations. Um, actually, yeah, I believe UBC decided to cancel classes about like two or three days before our event actually was held. So it's kind of a bummer, um, but our event is, you know, a really exciting um, competition because it's um, a two day competition. We run it either on like a Friday, Saturday, 
Um, sometimes Saturday, Sunday, depends on what the coordinator wants. Um, but it's actually the oldest dance sport competition in BC. Um, and it's entirely run by student volunteers. So our execs Ooh. help out. Yeah, we got our execs to do it. Um, we have our you know, alumni volunteers, volunteers from our current members. Um, and we really come together and pull off this incredible competition. Um, we have over 200 competitors in over 109 different categories to compete in. Um, and it really attracts competitors from all over the world, as well as even from the novices who just joined our club too. So we really have um, a selection for everybody who wants to compete. <laughs> yeah, and it happens um, in our very own great hall in the nest. So anybody who's kicking around campus during gala ball can, you know, come on in and see what's happening. That's awesome. Like, I don't think many clubs can say that they host one of the oldest uh, oldest dance competitions or even events like in BC uh, and can say that it's all pulled off by student volunteers. That's really amazing. <laughs> uh, and you were touching on this uh, for a while, but I'll ask you, so do you guys participate in any forms of competition? So, so new dance events and uh, if so, what do they look like? Right, yeah. So the way that our club usually works is that we tend to have a mixture of people who want to compete and people who want to dance just for fun or socially. Um, really, I think that's the most beautiful part about our club where we really cater to both types of people. Um, so usually I would say for a lot of new people to our club, the first competition that they'll ever compete in is the one that we host, the Gala Ball. Um, because we tend to kind of hint it throughout the year, you know, we say, you know, you might want to try doing it in March type of thing. And usually they'll have met lots of friends in the dance classes um, and they'll have maybe even met a dance partner. So it kind of transitions very well for them to compete um, in Gala Ball as their first competition. For me, at least, that's definitely how it worked. That was my <laughs> first competition that I ever did. Um, but after that, Definitely, it depends on um, the individual kind of. We have a lot of our members and a lot of our um, past execs, current execs, who decide to take classes outside of our club as well. Um, sometimes they'll get connected with our instructors who teach our classes, who also do outside classes. Um, and from then on, you can really start to decide how much you want to practice and how much you want to compete, because there are definitely a lot of local competitions um, around Vancouver, um, as well, quite a few competitions that our instructors are pretty heavily involved in helping run, or they have sent their students to these competitions for a long time as well. So it's a really good network actually for getting involved in the dance community outside of UBC if you want to do that too, um, because we're very close with our instructors, we're very close with our alumni, and everybody kind of works together to make sure you really feel supported and that you have different opportunities depending on if you want to compete or if you just want to have some fun. I mean, that sounds really awesome. Uh, so then what, what do you feel like the experience is for someone who's a total beginner to ballroom dancing and just dance in general? How would you yeah. feel interesting? Yeah, for sure. Definitely, I think our club, uh, we know that we get a lot of new people to dance never danced before in their life. We got a lot of people who say, I can't do it. I'm not coming to free week because I have two left feet kind of thing. Um, <laughs> so we get it a lot and we always want to encourage anybody who's interested in trying to just come out to our free classes, come out to our events. 
because we're very friendly. And like I mentioned earlier, we have a very social aspect to our club. So you don't need to be a perfect dancer or have dance experience before to have fun and be with us. We really just want you to have a good time dancing. And as long as you're having a good time dancing, grooving to the music, um, you're gonna have a perfect fit with our club, honestly. Like I'd say for a lot of people, um, most everybody who joins our club who's new, they'll go to our newcomer level classes. So they're designed for total beginners. You don't have to know how to count to music. You don't know how to do any <laughs> kind of dance. So it's really um, designed for the people who just are interested in getting their bodies moving, hearing more music um, and meeting new people. So our classes are definitely designed for that. And you're with so many other people who are also in the same boat that everybody kind of has a good time. They're just like, I don't know what I'm doing. You're like, I don't know what I'm doing either. <laughs> you kinda, yeah, you kind of work it out together and you figure out, you know, as you take more classes with us, as you progress through the year, um, our teachers, you know, are very excited and passionate to help people improve. And they're very encouraging of anybody who's in our classes. So definitely, I would say that People start off maybe a little nervous, a little shaky, but you know, there's definitely a spot for them in our club. We love you as long as you love to dance and want to be here with us. Um, so I would say the newcomers and novices to our club, they really have a good time. And even if they don't want to dance, you know, at a higher level, don't want to take outside classes, that's totally fine. I also don't take outside classes um, in the greater dance community. So I think it goes to show that you can really have um, a good time in our club without needing to be like, you know, super good at dance. Like it's really just about how, if you enjoy it or not, I would say. Definitely. I can see just meeting, meeting friends and like, um, so, like struggling to learn together. That, that, yeah. brings, yeah, that brings people together a lot. Of, it really quickly. does. It really does. <laughs> and definitely. Yeah. You just, it, it sounds great that you, you guys just emphasize because Oftentimes, you uh, we hear about how certain clubs they prioritize more competition or whatnot. That you guys have a great balance between the social and just dancing in itself. It sounds pretty darn good. <laughs> <laughs> I would hope uh, so. That's what I hope. Yeah, please. I mean, it sounds like it. <laughs> so um, it's been a tough year, obviously, for most, if not all, clubs at UBC. Um, can I ask you a few questions about what sorts of effects the pandemic had? Like, um, first off, what What's the biggest impact been for UBC dance so far? Right, yeah. So I'd say one of the biggest impacts for us is um, in a regular non-COVID year, our main uh, club activity is running our weekly dance classes. So we'll run them throughout term one, all th throughout term two. Um, and we host, I'd say, I think, yeah, we host classes Monday through Thursday. We usually do what we call like a social dance or a social event on Friday. So it's like a casual, um, everybody can gather in one of our ballrooms and then we'll just play some good old pop music to do some ballroom too, and it'll be a good time. Um, so usually we have those very regular classes and that's really a strength of our club where people know that they're always gonna have a consistent schedule of when they see each other, when they get to dance, when they get to practice. Um, and it really kind of is, I'd say one of the backbones of our club really. Um, and when COVID hit this past year, 
we obviously could not run any of our dance classes anymore because <laughs> <laughs> our dance classes, they tend to be really large numbers. We have a lot of oh, people who come to them. And right. of course, you know, partner dancing, right? Not the most friendly <laughs> thing uh, to do in the world right now. So definitely when we had to cancel our in-person classes, um, that was definitely a pretty big hit for us because that is really what we market, really what we do in our club, dance classes, right? right. Um, dancing with other people, get to meet other people type of thing. So when COVID um, prevented us from doing in-person classes, we were really uh, wondering, you know, how can we continue, you know, delivering ballroom to our current members and how can we get new members interested in joining our club? We were kind of like, hmm, this is kind of a big problem if you can't do the in-person <laughs> classes, right? So. We thought about it for a really long time over the summer. We talked to our instructors about it. Um, we had a lot of test runs, trial runs. And what we did during the summer actually was we decided to run some online dance classes over Zoom. So the online dance classes, uh, we decided to run them, I think, how many times a week? We did maybe a couple classes a week um, and then they would be run kind of in a similar manner to our in-person classes in the sense that we would teach, um, we'd have the same instructors, first of all. Um, we teach similar types of dance and stuff like that. Um, but we did have some difficulties modifying content um, because a lot of what we teach in our regular classes is to be done with a partner. So you right. kind of, in a real person class, you got to hold other person, move around the room. We have a lot of space to really practice and really travel because ballroom dance does a lot of traveling and you need a lot of space. So content wise, it was a little bit difficult because we were restricted in what kinds of movements, what kinds of steps we could teach. Um, and it does get kind of confusing to try and watch it through a camera on <laughs> Zoom. Cause you know, the guy's small, you're like, kind of look around where you're dancing. It's a little bit- your arms up as well. Yeah, right. And especially with ballroom dance, there's a lot of uh, movement as well. Like there's turns, there's spins, you're changing direction when you dance. So people's heads were like, really going <laughs> your 360 there. Like, <laughs> But um, yeah, so it was a little difficult in that sense. And also, we know a lot of our, you know, members are students, they live on dorms on campus, they live in small spaces. So that was another, you know, challenge for us at the beginning trying to figure out well, really, we have these different variables to consider. How are we going to make content that people can do in their homes, you know, without a partner? So throughout the summer, we did those classes online and we definitely learned a lot um, about content. We were constantly talking to our teachers, talking to members, trying to figure out what was working and what wasn't. Um, so by the time the fall rolled around, we decided to do online classes again for term one. Um, this time we changed um, a little bit from our regular year. Usually in a regular year, we run three levels of classes. We run the newcomer level, so that's for total beginners, don't need to know dance at all. Um, second level is our intermediate classes. Usually this is for people who have already done our newcomer level class, so they got a little bit of experience. Or it's also for people who maybe have done a little bit of ballroom outside of UBC and just want to join our club. And then the third one is our advanced level class. So that's our highest level. Um, it's for people who have taken classes with us before, 
Or again, if you've danced outside of uh, UBC, then you can also just jump into those classes. So usually those are the three levels we run. Um, and because we were going online this year, we decided to condense our uh, classes that we offered into two different classes. So we called the first one Newcomer Open and the second one was called Level 2. So for level two, you could think about it as an amalgamation of our intermediate and our advanced classes from our regular year. Basically, um, people who were already in our club or people who already knew how to dance. And the newcomer open, which was our new addition, um, was similar to our newcomer level class, but um, we tagged the word newcomer open on it since open refers to um, open level figures in the dance uh, sport community. So you can do kind of fancier, more flashier moves. Okay. So we really wanted to add that in there because I mean, we know on an online format, people get a lot of Zoom fatigue. They're kind of looking at the screen. They're like <laughs> turning into zombies. Like really wanted to, you know, get people's attention and really get them excited and doing something flashy and fun. So that's what our newcomer level class was for. It was um, doing steps that a novice dancer could do but really trying to make it exciting and give them something uh, fun to show off if they were doing it at home, if they wanted to do it in front of their parents. Like <laughs> it was, um, yeah, so that was the two types of classes we decided to run during term one. Um, and of course, for all of our content, we had to discuss a lot about um, what can we teach in terms of the dance steps, the different uh, figures and stuff like that. So. For our Latin style, um, we definitely did a lot more solo dancing, which is, it's lucky in Latin, you can do some of the figures and steps by yourself. So we did try to do that. Um, but with our standard dances, those ones you typically always kind of need a partner to do those <laughs> steps. So we had a lot of people doing, you know, some, you know, holding their hands in the air kind of thing. If they had a you know sibling or a roommate or a parent or something like that, then they could do the dances with them at home. What about a pet? <laughs> yeah, a pet too, right? <laughs> 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 but yeah, so you know we really tried to make it as doable as we could at home, um, and we really put a lot of time and effort into trying to figure it out. Um, but I will say that we did really give it um, a really good shot, but it is difficult to run uh, dancing online in the first place. It's just not the same. And um, I think our existing members kind of realized that too. They felt like they really missed being able to see each other, missed having that big open ballroom to dance in. Um, so yeah, for term two, actually, we made the decision to actually not run any online mm -hmm. dance classes. Um, we just found that the format we had wasn't really serving our members the best and it wasn't really wasn't giving the members what they wanted really so we decided to shift our focus actually to doing more social events so we really put a lot more of our manpower and our effort into coming up with different creative ideas for um, ways that our members could still connect even if we weren't able to dance together so that's been our strategy um, for term two. And I think as well, something that I really realized throughout COVID um, was that I'd say for me, at least the quality of um, attendees and like the quality of the time they have at your events and classes 
is a lot more important than the quantity of people that you get. Because um, definitely our club before, we are a very big club. We had over 200 members. Um, we get tons of people at our dance classes, at our events and everything. So we're used to getting very high numbers of people. And when COVID hit, we were like, oh, why are the attendance numbers you know, fluctuating so much? Why are they so much lower than we'd expected? And I definitely think that we were kind of surprised by the attendance numbers, but now I kind of realize that it doesn't really matter how many people we get. It's really about the experience that those people who do attend have. And I like to think that the people who do attend are having a lot of fun, are getting value out of it. And for me, I think that's you know far more important than just how many people we're tracking on Zoom, tracking you know in our classes right. kind of thing. I mean, yeah. Uh, it's who would have thought that you would have to be able to teach dance online? Uh, yeah, right. <laughs> I mean, like UBC and just everyone's having a hard time transitioning. So it honestly, just being able to take, just being able to understand that, um, well, not, well, like, yeah, you, you guys are just learning. We all, we're all learning as, as we're going and you guys have done a pretty good job. It seems just adapting to what is now one year of this pandemic. I know it's crazy, right? <laughs> I know, it's Time crazy. really flies. Um, so finishing, well, I'm not finishing this off, but has there been anything positive that you've been able to take away from your time spent during this pandemic uh, with your club? Right, yeah. I think something that I actually really treasure a lot is um, the connections that I made with my exec team this year. Um, it's very interesting because we had to do our elections, you know, during COVID, everything was already online by that point. And actually some of the people on my exec team, I don't even think I've met them in real life before. <laughs> like <laughs> some of them I have, but other people I'm like, I don't think we really had a proper introduction in person. So, you know, it's been like a whole school year at this point of, uh, you know, having weekly meetings on discord um, having our exact group chat and, you know, just kind of sending memes and whatever in there. Right. So I think this year I've definitely, I definitely tried as really hard as a president to make sure that I was connecting with my execs and make sure, making sure that we had more going for us than just the work we were doing to keep the club surviving. Right. Um, I really wanted people to feel on the exact team to feel like they had you know friends and really feel like it was connections more than yeah just saying okay you have to make the calendar for the dance class now or you have to you know set up the zoom or whatever um and i really think that we did achieve that this year like we have a lot of fun we have a snapchat group we just send random stuff like dying <laughs> in school right now like you know <laughs> and you know it's things like that where i feel like those interpersonal connections are really important and really valuable and I'm really glad that I had that chance to connect with my execs this year and you know we do fun exec things we did movie nights we play games together um I like to do weekly check-in questions at the beginning of every meeting so people can kind of you know share what is up in their lives outside of dance and all those things so I think definitely that's been one of my favorite things this year and it's I didn't really expect it to, I don't know, COVID made me kind of think like social connection, how can it really prevail, you know, online? I've never even met some of these people in real life. 
but I've been very pleasantly surprised by how much I've been able to connect with them. And it makes me really happy um, because definitely right now, people need that, right? They need to have friends. They need to know that people are there for them, even if it's, you know, on a computer. I'm still here yeah. though, right? <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I don't know. I just think it's really, really important. I mean, yeah, especially right now, because uh, you, you don't really get the opportunity to see your friends and whatnot. So having these connections is really, really important. Yeah. Um, is there anything that, uh, is there any events upcoming or anything that you want people to know about? Or perhaps in the future or whatnot? Yeah. So yeah, currently we're planning our next social event. It's going to be a UBC Dance Club charades night. Um, so <laughs> it'll be interesting. It's over Zoom. We're going to put everybody into different teams, send you into breakout groups, and you guys have to figure out, you know, the best way to do the charade or whatever the word is kind of thing. Um, details for that are still being ironed out, but definitely we're still having our good little social events running throughout the term. Um, and yeah, I mean, hopefully when COVID gets a bit better, I really hope that we'll be able to, you know, go back to our in-person dance classes and stuff like that, because I think our members are really missing it right now. They're yeah. you know, shut inside their houses, sitting at their desks all day. Um, and I know that there's a lot of our, you know, community members and people in our club who are really looking forward to that and really looking forward to being able to connect with each other over dance again. Um, but, you know, until then, we'll have to make do with online. Um, and I think it's going not bad. <laughs> online it sounds like it's going all right, actually. Yeah, right? Like, I, I'd say we're doing, we're doing a mad decent job, especially, you know, the context that we're all in. And I'd say sometimes the most you can really do is, you know, plan your events, try your hardest, and try your best to reach out to people. And if they don't accept, then, you know, it's kind of on them. But as long as we're trying our best to, you know, Put our hard work out there and try our best to you know ask people to come engage them um i'd say that's all we can really do and you know be kind to ourselves right yeah. um, sometimes it can be disappointing like oh no put so much hard work into this we didn't get as many people as we hoped but i'd say you know all the student leaders out there are doing such a good job like nobody's done this before we don't know what we're doing but <laughs> we're sure as heck trying our best and you know a lot of hard work and thought and time is going into, you know, whatever we're planning, not even just, you know, UBC Dance Club, all the other clubs out there. So I really have a lot of respect for, you know, the resiliency of all the student leaders out there. And um, I'd like to say that everybody's doing a great job. Like, we're just doing our best. <laughs> Got to figure out everything on the fly at this point. Yeah, yeah. Um, all right. I think that wraps it up for, it wraps up for me. Um, Thank you again, Julie, for coming on today and talking with me. Um, keep going at it. And we really hope to see you guys and be with you guys uh, in person very soon. Yeah, thank you so much, Mike. I had a lot of fun doing this interview and, you know, getting to share what our club is all about. Um, definitely hope to see everybody at our in-person classes when they're able to resume. <laughs> oh, definitely. We will now have a quick break for ads and PSAs before we get to the news roundup and the Thunderbirds alum of the week. Without the help and support of our friends, we here at CITR wouldn't be able to bring you all the great music, art, cinema, and culture that you love. Thanks to the long-standing support from the Rio Theatre, 
we are able to keep you informed on all the great artists, films, and everything else coming to town there. For all the current information about who and what's playing at the Rio Theatre, visit their website at www.riotheatre.ca. Do you like laughing, hilarity, radical thought-provoking creativity, and laughing? UBC Improv is UBC's home for improvisational comedy, theater made up on the spot. Like us on Facebook to learn when our next shows are. Search for us on YouTube for our film sketches. And follow us on Twitter because we want the followers. UBC Improv. Insert cheesy slogan here. Let's get it on. Sugar. Let's get it on. Welcome back. You're listening to Thunderbird Eye on CITR 101.9. Now here's Nelson Uzanwa with the News Roundup. Hello, everybody, and welcome to the News Roundup of the Week, where we highlight the weekly stories of UBC Athletics. Starting off the Roundup, Jessica the Globe became the latest inductee into the Canada West Hall of Fame. The Glow is a product of the Vancouver Pacific Swim Club and was a swim standout at the UBC during the late 1990s and early 2000s. She was part of Team Canada in the 1996 and 2000 Summer Olympics and spent five seasons with the T-Birds. She concluded her university career by winning 29 medals against university competition and was named CIS Swimmer of the Year during both the 1998-99 and 1999-2000 season. Internationally, she stood out at both the Commonwealth Games and Pan-American Games, especially the 1999 Pan-American Games in Winnipeg, where she captured six total medals and set a games record swim in the 200-meter butterfly with a time of 209.64. Continuing with swimming, the UBC Aquatic Center postponed its annual preventive maintenance for the month of April to support the training schedule of UBC Olympic hopefuls in the upcoming summer games scheduled in late May. This altered schedule will not only benefit Canadian Olympic hopefuls, but will also provide students, faculty, staff, residents, and the general public with ongoing access to the UBC Aquatic Center. And moving on to soccer, four T-Birds who were picked in the first two rounds of the Canadian Premier League draft will now be joining their respective clubs in training camp. The T-Birds men's soccer program has been one of the most successful programs in Canada, having won 13 national championships in their history. We congratulate Thomas Gardner, Christopher Lee, Victory Shambusho, and Jackson Farmer for the success as T-Birds, and good luck in training camp, guys. Finally, in honor of Black History Month, we celebrate former T-Bird Dr. John Utendale, the first black player to sign an NHL contract. Utendale spent one season with the T-Birds playing hockey and led the team in scoring and routinely dazzled fans with his elite skills. Utendale always found time to give back to hockey, serving as a coach of the Western Washington Vikings and was the Western Washington Regional Director of the United States Amateur Hockey Association. He was a co-founder of the Burlingham Area Minor Hockey Association and coached the city's junior team. Unfortunately, Utendale died in Burlingham in, in 2006, but we celebrate his accomplishments as one of the first black players to sign an NHL contract. And that will wrap up this week's news roundup. Tune in next week for more news on UBC Athletics. We have one more piece of news to share today that came after the recording of that segment. As this past weekend, the Thunderbirds community suffered a massive loss as Dr. Bob Hinmarch passed away at the age of 90. 
He enrolled at UBC back in 1948 and played three sports at the school, football, basketball, and baseball, before serving as an assistant coach for those teams after graduation. After some time away, he returned to the school to become a professor and then the men's hockey coach, and then UBC's athletic director. He was also the vice president of Canada's Olympic Association for 16 years, served as the director of the Canadian Amateur Hockey Association, and was a trustee of the BC Sports Hall of Fame. He was inducted into the BC Hockey Hall of Fame in 2012 and received the Order of Canada in 2019. A true legend of Thunderbird Athletics, he will be missed by many. And now, we go to Alan Wang, who will share the story of another notable Thunderbirds alum. Hello there. For those tuning in for the first time, this segment, which we call Alum of the Week, looks at a former UBC athlete's life, not only in the world of sports, but what their life was like outside of athletics as well. With no time frame in mind, there will be stories from all throughout the history of UBC athletics. This week's alum dates back all the way to the 1950s, graduating from Lester Pearson High School in Newestminster. Ken Winslade joined the men's basketball team in 1956 after being named to the BC High School basketball first all-star team. Starting off strong at the end of his first year with the T-Birds, Winslade earned the title of Rookie of the Year, and that was just the beginning. Winslade ultimately became known as one of the top guards in UBC basketball history and he was twice Western Canadian University scoring champion and league MVP in the 1959-1960 to season and the 1960-1961 to season. Additionally, he was an all-star for all of his years at UBC, leading the Thunderbirds to three Western Canadian championships and an undefeated season in 1960-1961 to with a 12-0 record. In May of 1960, Winslade was awarded the Canadian Health, Physical Education, and Recreation Prize as the top student of the 1960 School of Physical Education class. During his basketball career, he was even invited to try out for the NBA's newly franchised Chicago Bulls. Graduating in 1961, Winslade decided to come back in the 1962-1963 season to complete his master's degree, and while he was no longer playing on the court, he came to share his experience as a coach for the UBC Junior Varsity basketball team. From his time since then, he gained more experience in the field as a high school teacher and coach, the City of Newestminster Recreation Director, Administrator of Parks and Recreation for the City of Newestminster, the City Administrator for Newestminster and Tournament Championship Director and Association Executive Director, with the BC High School Boys Basketball Association. Retiring in 2003 as the city administrator, Ken Winslade was not only an active member on the court, but also an active member in his community. And that concludes the Alum of the Week for this week. And with that, thank you for tuning in to Thunderbird Eye on CITR 101.9. Besides listening to the show, the best way to keep up to date with UBC Thunderbirds news is to follow us on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, and YouTube at CITR Sports. Thank you again to Juliana Chow for coming on the show. For Thunderbird Eye, this has been Jake McGrail, Mike Liu, Nelson Uzanwa, and Alan Wang. Thank you for tuning in, and have a great rest of your day. Yeah, check it out.